This episode of the Golf Gamble Podcast on the Sports Gamble Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a weekend basketball bonus. You place four $50 basketball bets, and regardless of the outcome, and you will get a free $50 bet. Download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And PropSwap, it's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 25K with one entry. So head over to StableDuel.com to go get started today. And, of course, don't forget to go download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right. Welcome back, DGENs, for kind of a TPC recap and Valspar preview. It's your boy, Boston Capper, who's been on the golf course for about fucking 12 hours today, and the god of golf himself, Steve Shermer. Steve, what a fucking mess. You know, we should have followed in their footsteps and actually recorded our preview on like Tuesday or Wednesday or something, you know, <laughs> just drag it out. Maybe give it piecemeal every single day. Like we'll give you thoughts about TPC. They'll do the field on Monday. Then we'll do a golf course preview on Tuesday. Yeah. At I, I'm kind of white and you were on the golf course today. Like it just, the, it was the round one that just never ended. It, it just, ah, uh, it was frustrating. It was so, it was so weird. I'm there on a Sunday mm. and I'm still watching round two. We haven't had, it was the <laughs> longest cut sweat ever. It was nuts. And then that prick fucking Piercy on fucking 17. I was like, he's going to make a seven. He's going to move this thing to the cut line to plus two. There's some old guy in front of me. He's like, well, what does that matter? I was like, it matters a lot. Yes. <laughs> it let Rory in. It let Scotty Scheffler in. Exactly. I was like, yeah. it matters a lot, sir. Okay? Although, you know what? Do you, I, see, do, you see the, do you see the golf gambling podcast polo I'm wearing? Uh, this this means a lot to me. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for promoting our product uh, out there today. So, uh, yeah, actually, I, I have it's kind of a dicey gambling week for me. It could really go either way. I was kind of hoping that maybe I just get Scotty Shepard and Rory just dead heated just to salvage something. <laughs> but uh, no, they they're continuing. Uh, thanks to Scott Piercy putting two in the oh, drink. God, and, uh, the, and then and then and then the one he didn't put on the drink was sixty feet away. I know. He almost yeah. put in the drink again. Really botched it. Uh, I think the over under on, uh, biggest score on 17 of the week was seven and a half. I don't think anyone's made an eight yet. Um, cause Piercy had a set. Piercy had lots a of, lots of guys have had a seven. Lots of guys have had seven. I, I don't Vegas think had a, Vegas had a seven yet. today. I watched like four guys have seven today. Well, I think it takes, I think it takes at least two in the water and then a three. Then a three putt. Putt. Yep. Or three in the water, like Kevin Noss style and then just walk off. So yeah, I don't actually. I think you're right. I don't think it's gone over seven and a half yet. No, it hasn't because I, I know they've shown like, all right, this is for quad, and he makes it. So so we were we were sitting there, um, <laughs> and it sucks, man. Tommy pointed it out. They have this giant scoreboard behind them, and it's like for quad. It's like it's like no pressure, asshole. Here's That's for always. quad. It sucks, man. <laughs> like those poor pricks, man. It was I so know. funny. Yeah, he actually looked at the score. I think he looked at the leaderboard. And he's like, all right, I'm T65, so. Yeah. A chance. So, all right. So just to recap where we are. So we are recording after round two and a half, where essentially yep. the leaders are just making the turn. Yep. Um, in the lead is everyone's favorite pick, a very chalky Honor Bond Lahiri, which kind of shows you how weird and messed up this term has gone so far. So Honor Bond Lahiri, a uh, two-time President's Cup member. Uh, he was a member of the 2016 Eurasia Cup that gave uh, Team Europe a scare. He's an avid PS4 gamer, too. Loves cooking as well. Uh, he has made five of 12 cuts this year, and he is leading the biggest purse, the crown jewel of the PJ Tour, heading into a Monday finish, which would be very appropriate if that's the guy holding the trophy at the end. So... He's listen. He's been playing great, and he actually is a really good player. He finished, I think, top ten at the PGA at Whistling Straits. So there's a there's a Pete Dye cross reference right there. We didn't pick up. Yeah, yeah. Whistling Straits at Whistling Straits. He also, um, I guess, has done well at the Valero Texas Open. There's some overseed uh, putting, you know, stuff that we should have picked up on. Full disclosure: I don't track Lahiri every single week, so he wasn't even on my radar. So. Well, what's funny is I told you, I, like, right before we got on this podcast, I, like, I don't know, I clicked on an article uh, while I was smoking a cig before I got on here. And, uh, and, like, he, I guess he was unhappy with his, like, iron, so they weighted them differently. 
this week. So I don't like Morikawa at the Open. Uh, why didn't that leak? It was ah. the club's fault. That's why <laughs> he's been terrible fault. for three years. He just had terrible, you know, weights in his in his yeah, irons. The irons were too light. I was like, I don't know what that's like to be like, oh, I think my irons are too light or too heavy. Like, I'm just like, ah, I don't hit the ball well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you usually can't tell imperceptible differences when you've had about 18 gin and tonics on the golf course. Listen, I've been better about that. Let me tell you something about that. Sober golf isn't as fun. All right. And my, and so I got, I got, I got two best friends, right? And fucking Pete is now sober and he's been sober for like six, about 60 days now. Congratulations, Pete. Congrats uh, to him, by the way. That's, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah, it is. He's California sober. He smokes a shit ton of weeds though. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, um, but like, so I try not to drink heavily when I golf with him and I golf with him a lot. Um, and it's, it's just not as fun. I get too tight. I get too wrapped up. The anger comes back. Like, I don't know. Like I just get I get too competitive with myself about it, and it makes me angry. So okay. I don't know. Sober golf's not as fun for me. Okay. All right. Well, so hot on Honor Bond's heels is a uh, Tom Hoagie who won Pebble Beach earlier this year. Uh, actually, a data golf darling. Right now, he is actually their favorite to win the tournament at like sixteen percent odds, which doesn't mean anything because there's twenty seven holes left out on Monday and stuff can be slip. Yeah. Uh, and Harold Varner the third, who at the buzzer tonight had <laughs> absolute beaut. The six inches, tap and birdie. Shout out Brian Kirshner, um, to move to eight under, get a lot of momentum heading into, uh, in tomorrow. Uh, and then at seven under, you got Sebastian Munoz, who hottest golfer on the course, took advantage, yep. playing on the back or start on the uh, back nine today, uh, leading the field tee green today, hitting every putt. That's probably going to regress, but hey, he's in the mix. Good for him. You got Paul Casey, seven under, who started the tournament with a triple and is 10 under since then. And I, so I'm kicking myself because we had a conversation in Slack on Thursday evening after everybody wrapped up. And I noticed that he was like 100 or to one or 130 to one after the first round. He was two under he's on the not, day. He's not winning. It doesn't matter. Uh, well, the fact I didn't bet it probably means he is winning, but I think a couple people in Slack did get that number. That's, that's a good number for a guy. It's fine. It's a, it's a good number for somebody who's not going to close out a tournament. It's Paul fucking Casey. He's not winning the players. Listen, he's not man, winning the Honor, players. Honor Bond here he's at the top of his leaderboard. Anything he's not winning the right fucking now. players either. He's not winning right, the players fine. either. Fine. And then you got Sam Burns, a seven under, who looked really shaky today for the front nine. Maybe this is actually a blessing in disguise. That no, I think, dude, listen, I don't think he looked that shaky because I followed him, man. Like, no, 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 no. The front nine, he was shaky. He should have hit a water ball on six, hit a yeah. water ball on seven. Yeah. He missed a very gettable birdie put on nine to close his day. Yeah. 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 Th- this opening nine did not go very well for Burns. Okay. So maybe getting night sleep, lost the lead. Now he's chasing. I'm pretty sure his parents were there because we were there super early. Like I said, and like the Burns group, it was me, Tommy and like six other people. <laughs> and I was like, how come nobody wants to follow these guys? And so we picked them up on, Five or six, and mm-hmm. and then like we we're hanging out on the pie three up by the green, and she's like, Sam was short again, just like he was on the last one. I was like, oh, so there was also their overbearing parents. Maybe they showed up halfway know. through the, that nine, and he know. got scooped. <laughs> no, no, got, this, was, got this was early morning. This was, this was second. Pe- this was second round, and I was like, I was like, what? What other old people are gonna like? know who Sam Burns is or like root for Sam Burns. Granny doesn't look like she's laying down bats. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just assumed I was like, it gotta be a relative. Gotta be a relative to care about Sam Burns when it was me, Tommy and seven other people. And there was, and, and the, there was like four of them were following. I think there, he was playing with, um, uh, was he playing with Neiman this way? He was playing with Neiman this morning. I think it was either Neiman or Ansa. And they had like flags on. I was like, okay. okay. All right. So Sam Burns overbearing parents. That's going to look great for him. <laughs> All right. Six under, uh, the Pink Panther, Francesco Molinari. Let's go. There you go. Great. Having an awesome day. Great like, day. Just, just killing it. Uh, Cam Smith, the local boy, you know, local hero, trying to get one for Jacksonville. Dude, he's got, he's got what, like 15 feet left for birdie on fucking 11. He, he had a hell of Stop. a shot on 11. Dude, but that, dude, that green, that green is not easy. 15 feet, man. He's not making that. I'm telling you, he's not. Never know. Maybe he's just going to practice 15 footers tomorrow. He's, you know, he's got to Cam Smith is going to, Cam Smith is going to go back to his awesome house 10 minutes away, drink beers with his buddies, and then wake up and play the tournament. So you, you don't have any faith in your outright that he's going to come through tomorrow. Oh, no, no. Listen, I think he's the, he's the livest dog I have. 
Okay. All right. And then you got Doug Gim, who apparently is just awesome at TBC Sawgrass now. So that's it. And got, until, until, and look, now it's not even going to be a Sunday. So he doesn't have to melt on a Sunday. It's a Monday. Maybe the, maybe it'll be different. That is true. And then you have another 20 guys at yep. five and four under that have a lot of golf left to play tomorrow that definitely have a shot. Like you have Ken Kisner. Yeah, Lowry with the ace, which we'll save oh, after yeah. we'll save it after the break, as you saw that live. Yeah, your boy Tommy Fleetwood, who is one of those regression guys. He hit the ball great today, could not make a putt. Nope. We'll see. You got Sergio, who missed a couple of putts today. You got Patrick Reed, who's getting three strokes putting and losing everywhere else. Uh, you got Terrell Hatton in the mix. You got Russell Henley, who I'm on at 121, and he missed a five footer at the gun. That's, <laughs> that hurt. Yeah, Louie hanging Burgers. around. Yeah, JT. Uh, no, JT. Got, no, JT. Okay, stop. Let me finish. He's got six feet for birdie because I was tracking the stuff. You were on the course. He's got six feet for birdie, and he's leaving that overnight. So he can move within four. Back okay. He got Berger as well, which uh, I, I glossed over. Uh, he hit every putt under the sunset. He got Corey Connors kind of bounced back after a rough start. Yep. Neiman uh, dunked it from 70 oh, yards. Dude, right. what a shot. Yeah, so there's a lot of guys. I would probably only say the only killers in that group is JT. Like, I think that's the only one that really... I think Cam's Cam's a killer. You don't think Cam's a killer? Cam's a killer. I think Cam went toe-to-toe with Rom and just shot... Well, that's not looking... Well, that's not looking so great now, is it? After what Rom's a different turn. Oh, fucking stop. Don't Don't. Don't. You you can defend your boy in a little bit. So all I'm saying is... Listen, there are 31 guys within four of the lead, and the guys who are holding the flag right now is Larry, Hoagie, Varner, Munez, Casey, and Burns. Oh, sure, that's your top five, that's your top six. Not exactly a murderer's row right there. Yeah. So, and I and I like Sam Burns a lot. I like Burns. Yeah. This is this is his the biggest spy he's ever been in. Yeah, I'm by, super. By pissed. I'm super pissed that I think we were texting about it. Uh, that I went to go jump on the number. Yeah. And it was gone. And I was like, well, okay. fuck it. I'm not going to bet it. And so now what, it's so, first. So why don't we just, so what are you on of the top 30 guys? Like anybody four under or better? Ah, so I got, I got Cam. I got okay. Burger. I don't fucking know, actually. Okay, Cam, well, Cam Burger. Right, you look that up. You look that up. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. So before tournament, I had Hideki outright <laughs> and the top 20, which that cleared up about, about a unit for me. Yeah. For some stuff that I was able to fill in, so I had Berger for a tournament forty-one and one. He's in the mix. I had Henley one hundred twenty-one. He was in the mix. Those are my only pre-tournament calls are still live. I I have a little bit to talk about Cantlay. That was a terrible call by me. Uh, I have some stuff about speed that I want to talk about. Brooks too. Those are just bad, bad bats. I mean, although in fairness, the, the numbers. Was, it was the number. That's why we numbers and, and and the crazy wind conditions got him. I also had a Norin just because I wanted each way. That's not going to pan through. So really, oh, the only thing I watched. I watched him a little bit today, dude. He's uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. He's like two forty two. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm ever going to back that guy again. He's kind of. He's kind of a scaredy cat. Okay. All right. So. So I. So I get. So I got. I got. I, I, I wasn't done, but okay. Oh, sorry. My bad. I thought you were done. No, I wasn't done. So I have Berger and Henley from before a tournament. Yep. I got DJ at 80 to 1 yesterday, and that's not going to pan out. Nope. But I bet Burns at 40 on uh, yeah. Friday morning when it looks, when I realized that this was going to get canceled and that everybody, this, the PM wave is going to have to play in the wind and his number is just going to get shorter and shorter and shorter, which is what happened. He went from about 40 to about 18, 18, 18 by yeah. the end of yesterday. So yeah, those are my only ones I'm on. I got some matchups and sweating. Uh, I got some positional props that are pretty live too. So tomorrow is going to be actually be either really good for me or really bad. So all right, what about you? What do you, what do you got live? So like you, I was on DJ. Uh, that that's just not going to work out. I also I also when Hideki uh, left, I bet Rom. That's not going to work out. But I got Burger, Cam Smith. And then, uh, fuck, I just, oh, and then I saw the Corey Connors at, uh, okay. at four under. And I, he was looking good. And then he doubled the fucking first today. And then I've already cashed, uh, four of my five matchups. The only thing that's live is, uh, cause thank you, Adam Scott, for showing up today and playing and beating Jordan Speed. Yeah, uh, that was, that was big of him. That was, that was so nice of you. I owe you a beer, sir. Um, and, and so. Okay. 
so the only, the only thing I have left that's gonna lose now is uh, JT versus Rom, and I have Rom over JT. Um, eh, you never know. You never know. You're right. You never know. But um, I said like the same thing. Like the top twenties. Uh, so I got Burger at a top ten plus two fifty. I got some top twenties still alive. The ear. Um, who fucking, who just melted at the end of the day today. So I don't think that's going to work. Um, I think he, he plus 3.25 strokes off the tee today. I think there's oh, a couple of water it, balls. It, it was there. just, yeah, it was just, it was 18. Oh it was, boy. It, it was 18. It was 18. We'll and, talk about uh, another golfer later who uh, had a little trouble with 18 as well. Boy, so, uh, right. yeah, so why don't we take a break and then we'll talk about your big day at Sawgrass. Yeah, man. All right. Well, listen, right now is the perfect time to bet on basketball and win bet is helping you cash. The March Madness bonus. All users who bet at least $50 on a men's college basketball champion futures market will receive a $10 free bet for each game that the team wins in the tournament. Round of 16 through the championship only. And a weekend bonus play. All users can receive a $50 free bet when they win, lose, or push four $50 bets on Saturday and Sunday basketball games. Weekend play is good for college basketball as well as the NBA. And for you new WinBet Casino customers, they're offering a 100% first deposit match up to a G. That's right, 100% deposit match up to $1,000. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. All right, so I want to talk about your big day at Sawgrass. So just oh, start, start going. Oh, dude, it was, dude, listen, it was the perfect day to be there. Like, it was, it was so good. First of all, like, I got to watch a shit ton of golf, right? Like, it was, it was so good. Like, it was weird. We got there super early. Um, so, uh, like I said, one of the, the guy Pete, who I told you about, uh, his wife got, got us tickets. I'm supposed to go with my wife. My wife was like, it's going to be fucking cold. And when I told her I wanted to be there at 8 a.m. and I was staying till the end, she was like, uh, maybe you should find one of your buddies to go. Uh, so I texted Tommy and Tommy came. We did, we got there at fucking eight in the morning. Fucking we're in 16 tent. So it's free booze and food, uh, preferred parking. Like just, it's so nice to not have to, Worry about that shit, right? And it was wicked good food too, right? We had like some beef tenderloin for fucking lunch. Ooh, and like, oh, yeah, man. high society. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm drinking, uh, I'm drinking Tito's and two Tito's and OJ early and fucking Tommy's getting those blood, bloody Marys. And then we switched to the, the gin and tonics. The bartender loves us, of course, because me. And, <laughs> and so I'm getting, I'm getting home pours. You know what I mean? And like, uh, whatever. It's just, it, it, it's super cold in the morning. And so, like, nobody's there yet. Like, we get out there, and I mean, Wait, like, what, what was your attire, by the way, to handle the uh, the elements? Oh, so it's funny. So I wore jeans, which I never wear. I always wear shorts. I only wear jeans when my wife wants me to wear them when we go out. Um, okay. sh- shorts and shorts only. I live in Florida. Um, and then I had uh, I had a long sleeve tee, my golf gambling polo, and then my sports gambling podcast hoodie. That's what I okay. want. <laughs> All right. So that's better than like some of the other like uh, parkas and like the full oh, face masks. No, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, dude, I'm, from, I'm, I'm used to it. I, like, I, I know I've lived here forever, but I know like what cold right, so that's, cold that's respectable. Yeah. That's about, that's probably what I would have wore. Yeah. That's, like, I mean, I, I wore basically a hoodie say it was 20 degrees up here. So yeah. I, you know, I respect your game. All right, continue. Yeah. And the hoodie was gone by fucking lunchtime. You know I what I mean? I had a boy. <laughs> so I actually had to find it. Uh, I found a spot to like hide it. In like the 16 chalet because I was like oh, I don't want to carry this fucking thing around. Okay. Um, All right, so talk so about the hole in one. Oh, Shane Lowry, dude, how fucking awesome was that? Like it was crazy, and like so it's weird because everybody's already like drunk at this point. You got Karen housewives all around you. You know what I mean? And like and the glare at that point is pretty bad. But ah, uh, electric dude, it was so, and his celebration was fucking awesome. And like to see it, like you're watching it and you're like oh oh. Oh, and it's just like everybody goes at once. Like, like I don't know, man. It's so weird at a golf tournament to have everybody explode at once for a moment like that. And to, to have it be Lowry, like, who's, like, pumping the crowd up and, like, getting the high fives and doing all that shit was fucking awesome. awesome. Did anybody try throwing a beer bottle onto the 17th green like at Scottsdale? <laughs> no. No, no, no one's throwing debris. Okay. No, no, yeah, good. No then you, know, you had good friends. So I, I did notice the. So I think Lowry threw the ball into the crowd, mm-hmm. and then whoever got it ran down, and Lowry signed it for him. Oh, nice! I didn't see the that, sign. I saw him throw it in the crowd. I didn't see the. So guy that'll be uh, auctioned off pretty soon. 
I can, that guy should keep it. It's just that guy should keep it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but it was, it, like, the morning was really good. It was super cold. Uh, fucking Hovland was literally putting with fucking, like, what looked like oven mitts. Mm-hmm. Like, oven mitts. He wasn't taking them off the putt. It was the strangest fucking was thing that, I've it, ever those seen. those big, oversized, like, Titleist mitts? Kind they of, look, that, like, they look like fucking oven mitts. It looks like when I take shit out of okay. my oven. It's just, <laughs> I actually have a pair, I actually have a pair of them. <laughs> they, they don't work. He's from Norway. He's dressed like he's going to oh, like Antarctica. He went to, he went to school at Oklahoma State. I don't give a fuck. Like the same reason you you, you break my balls about being from Boston and you be near a space heater. He's from Norway. What are you doing? And and then and then Reed Reed was being a hardo and just in a sweater vest and a short sleeve shirt, like one of those fat offensive linemen in ten degree weather. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was really good, man. Like, so right. we got to follow, we got to follow the groups around early without a bunch of crowd because it was because only people who care about golf at TPC are there early. Then everybody shows up and just wants to drink and whatever. Like, I I enjoy the morning much more than the afternoon because I like golf and I like to follow golf. Like, it's it, uh, some of the people are just super irritating. There's lots of finance bros and. Karen Housewives from Ponte Vedra who are like just I don't know, they just make me angry. Lots of people want to get on TV with inane stuff for yelling. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. I, I couldn't find I couldn't find the guy. I would have punched him for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Whoever shot during Adam Long's backswing, you're a douchebag. All right. So uh so you follow Rom for a little bit. Yep. Uh so apparently, uh my inside sources are telling me yeah. that uh the public opinion of Rom now that he has kind of fallen from grace with his play, yeah. is starting to come to light. And people are noticing the uh, some of his not-so-desirable on-course antics. Did you see any of that today? So I didn't, but, I, but I'm also biased. You are right? biased. So I'm biased, right? So I don't know. Good. Maybe now I can get a good number on the sports book, finally. Like, maybe these guys are something so afraid. He's fucking... Six back and they're still hanging eight to one. Like you can't even bet that. Like it's terrible. Um, I didn't see a lot. Like he played okay. Um, when I was following him, like he was just par, par, par. And then he stuck it on five or six to like within four feet is when I texted you. I was like, Oh my God, he's so good. Like it was ridiculous. Oh, that, oh yeah. And then you mushed him. He had two straight bogeys after that. (laughs) No, it was like two or three holes after. No, it was like two or three holes after that. Did you see his like two footer he missed today? He missed another short. I know. What the fuck was that? So I didn't actually, I didn't, I wasn't following him then, but I think I was getting a drink in the tent and I saw it on the broadcast. I was like, you're going to be fucking kidding me. Like how, like how does that happen? It's carelessness. Yeah, yeah. It, it has to be like that's the second one he's missing. Like what? Like two weeks. Dude, the other one was like ten inches. I know. So yeah, he's not playing good. Um, that might cost me some money this week. Oh yeah. All right. So then tomorrow. I mean, the only thing we really know right now because we're only halfway through the second one is the guys who actually missed the Nobles missed the cut. So um, Orakawa baby three to one. Let's congratulations. <laughs> and uh, I we can just say it on the show. The power is sobel, man. It's it's undeniable. It's un- I have cashed so much betting against the fucking Sobel curse. This guy, Sobel, listen. Obviously, you got a million things going on. Obviously, you have your job for a reason. Like you know golf, you know your shit. He's, he's but, an ex- He's an excellent writer, by the way. I, right. I, I actually do enjoy his articles. Like he does make some. It's very good. Right. Yeah. But for whatever reason, man. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Just, yeah, and you, I think like some of his other props are actually okay too. It's just the one Well, and also in fair, I think a lot of people picked Colin this week. Like in in the Mayo Cup, more than one in five people had more account out of like forty two hundred entries. So they're all God. taking a big fat zero, and they wasted the most talented golfer out there. Daddy likes. Yeah, like, like, this is the one tournament you can't waste like that. Now, I say that, and I have Rom, and that is not going to work out well for You me. never know. You know, he's going to backdoor top 10 somehow. Maybe. I mean, if he finishes in the top 20, I think it's still a six-figure payday. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, I, got, I got Cam Smith. Let's go, baby. Yeah, there you go. Um, can I say something about Cantlay? Yeah, please. Right, all the, so Because he dressed like a fucking asshole today. He always does. He always has, he always no, has that ugly. More like, of an asshole. Like, he always has that terrible tan like sweatshirt. But I will also say, like I told you, he's a bigger dude than I thought. I probably yeah. wouldn't talk as much shit to he his face. Could, 
He oh, he was shit oh. out of here. Of course, he's a fucking thirty-year-old fucking <laughs> professional athlete. Of course, he kicked the shit. All right, out of can him. I make my point? If I can't, like, okay. So right from the jump, he was driving the ball like butt, absolute butt. Like ass, it was, Steve, it was a ass. fine ass. I want to say butt because I think it's funnier. Anyways, two-way miss. It seemed like he was in the pine straw. Every other shot. Now, why he wasn't getting standing water relief like JT all weekend, that's another topic we'll get to. <laughs> I have no idea. But can't like, and I, and, and the, but he's still ground out even par. I'm like, okay. He's now had two days to just sit around. Maybe he's been this and he'll figure it out. Nope. Driver was bad today. That's spraying everywhere. And it got me thinking, cause I heard something on the Laying Up podcast last night that it's, it's just, TBC Sawgrass, and this is why I discounted too much. TBC Sawgrass is a very uncomfortable golf course. And yeah. actually, Tony Finau was in contact with them because I think they liked him last oh, week. And Finau, and Finau, and hold on, hold on. And Finau said, this is the most uncomfortable golf course I've been on. So I just think, you know what, maybe Cantley just doesn't like this golf course. Can I just tell you something about Finau? That's what I was trying fine. to stop you for. Fine, fine. I okay. have never seen a professional hit a worse Fucking golf shot that I what saw. Finau, he tried to hit out of a fairway bunker. I don't know what he did because it was on the right side and I was on the ropes on the left side. But he came out of the bunker. It literally just squirted like 25 yards. Like you're playing with your buddies on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And he was like... Well, there were a lot of bad shots. Oh. Yeah, Morikawa topped the three wood. Oh. Cantley topped the three wood. In, in, Xander in, topped one. I'm just saying, in person, it was fucking startling how bad it was. I was like, was that fucking Tony Finau's shot? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. So anyways, like, I'm going to remember that for next year. And I think what I'm going to look at, too, is, like, how guys have done off the tee historically. Because that's the one thing I know is about Cantley. He has been awful Almost every single year off the tee here. I think it's just he doesn't see it off the tee. Dude, because the that sight, was a big pre- the sight lines are, irons okay. He is irons okay. Yeah, the, off sight the, lines are, the sight lines are terrifying. Yeah, and that's that's like like you can miss, you can miss a green here and you still get up and down and be okay. If you're out of position off the tee, you're dead. You're just <sighs> done. Especially how they grow up the Ryegrass grow up, so that's that's not good. Um Jordan Spieth is bad again. I don't know if you saw did you see him in person? Okay, oh, so no, that, no, 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 no. I didn't see the person, no. All right. So, oh, yeah, because he wasn't here tonight. No, he was not. Um, so he's back with that terrible, that that awkward pre-shot routine. It looks like Webb Simpson's and Sung Im's swing had a baby. He takes it so slow back. And then he's never been a big, like, listen, I'm not Butch Harmon, but even I noticed this stuff. He's not, he's never been a full turn guy. It doesn't look like he's getting any turn. And then he just, like, the upper body and lower body's out of sync. He just spins around way too much. Like, it's just, it's a mess. It looks yeah. rigid. And I, I went I went back and looked at his 2015 swing. It looked just so silky smooth. The club and the, and the like, the club just comes back with him. It's like, it's yeah. like one takeaway, one piece takeaway. And now it looks like it's all disjointed. Like, oh, man, if I knew that, I would not have bet him. <laughs> At all, because it, this did not, he didn't look like this a Riviera. It didn't look like his Pebble. It looked like he was actually okay. Figured it out. It's bad speed against. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's just like, and even if like that, the, uh, he, he actually drew a good draw. Like he didn't have it this week. Um, Xander had it going for a while and then he was four under through 16, buddy. Oh, like, you're on mute. I'm laughing that he had it going for a while because he did, and then yeah, then he, and then and then he, and then he played 18 at seven over. My goodness, <laughs> so just bad. Mess. So I bad. mean, I, to be honest, like when they they got really shafted, like they, they had called, they got so screwed. Yeah, <laughs> they all hit it in the water. Yeah, first one. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, that's terrible. an article we'll talk about a little bit. And then Kapka, you know, listen, like. He got some brownie points in my book. Like he actually was playing okay too, and then yeah, it was a, it, just it was melted. I yeah. I'm a little concerned because I liked him because he was so tough, and like he just kind of melted in today's conditions. I don't know. I don't like seeing that. Uh, I mean, I whatever know. it is. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. But at least he like he lapped it off like the second time he played something. That was actually yeah, cool. but, yeah. Um, 
But overall, though, like anything you're pissed off about, um, you know, about this tournament, like as far as betting wise, like. No, I mean, look, I mean, uh, I mean, I think I texted you fucking Thursday morning, like, I can't believe I have this much money on this fucking stupid tournament, <laughs> right? Like, like, what are you gonna do? Like, the well, like, look, look, well, here's it. We're content creators, okay? Like, we yeah, also, and, and like, we we can't like say, all right, you know, we're yeah. have no bets. Yeah, so no, our no. show is like five minutes. Like, yeah, we, no, have, no, we have to like actually make bets, and then <laughs> yeah. I don't like lying to our listeners and viewers. No. So, and no. I tell them what I bet. So. Yeah. Yeah, and look, and, and, and so, and listen, I mean, I got the lucky draw so far from the gambling straw. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I, I've cashed four or five matchups. Like, my, I still have a couple live outrights. My first round lead didn't work out, whatever. Like, I still got some positionals in play. Like, I'm fine. Like, whatever. Like, it sucks for me because I wanted to be there today on Sunday because this tournament should be held on Mother's Day when I was never able to be <laughs> there for the winner. But I might go back tomorrow. We'll see. I don't okay. know. Um, I mean, I'm not really all that mad. Like, my oh. betting card is relatively still intact right now, despite yeah. everything that happened. Um, I'm not upset about the AMPM advantage on the wave splits because that easily could have been, let's say it's not a thunderstorm on Thursday. Let's just say it's just a rainstorm. Then everybody gets their round one in. Oh. And then round two, the PM wave would have got most of theirs in. And then it's the AM wave on Saturday that gets crushed. So, it is what it is. That's just apparently golf. that was that was a thing on golf Twitter. Apparently, what do you mean that was a thing? Like everybody was, I don't know, just oh, just you know, mad, just yeah, just, just being just being Twitter. Okay, I mean, what like that the PJ Tour should have handled it differently? No, like fucking who fucking touted this, who touted that, who you smart? What the hell did you expect, man? Thank you. I know it's it's it's, it's, the, it's the weather. Yeah, it's people like if the thunderstorm went like south or north, like then we're not having this conversation. It could have been the opposite. Like that's why I said, like, don't worry about it. Just pick your best. Just pick good guys because it's going to get all screwed up. Yep. And see what happens. So, it, all right, is was, and then, um, I mean, I think the only thing I'm bitter about is, um, I called JT a house cat before it's <laughs> uh, shoved in my face with one of the greatest windy rounds ever. That's fine. What's he doing today? He's not doing much. Yeah. So Although you know what we say that he's going to move to the five take runs. is the take is still alive, sir. The yeah, take is still alive. Do, so do, do not do not in right. yet. Right. And then I, yeah. So that's not great. I'm also a little bitter that uh, I had Norin over Kokrak in a matchup, and Kokrak got the shaft. And listen, they're tied right now, but I thought that was going to be done already. Cause Ko- <laughs> but Kokrak was great yesterday too. He was. So that sucked. He was. So I'm sweating that. I'm love sweating. My, love my favorite Texan. Okay. I'm sweating the JT and Rom one. I'm sweating Scheffler and Rory. So Scheffler's up two on Rory right now. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So last thing before we get into the Valspar, which, by the way, we're going long on this. Not so There's long. not a whole lot to the Valspar. We're going to get through it pretty quick. So uh, so who's going to win tomorrow? Fuck it. Cam Smith, let's go. Okay. Let's go. I was I, I was think. super high on him pre-tournament. If, if it's not Cam Smith, it's, it's Sam Burns because I couldn't get the fucking number on him. That's why. Okay. I think it would be hilarious that we had all this talk about the Saudis and the conspiracy theory that the Saudis are actually controlling the weather over Pancho Vigia, which is what happened. Kind of like how the Chinese were sending the missiles to see the clouds at the Olympics. I was there for that, by the way. And let me tell you, that was stone cold true. And they were oh. preventing it from raining. And then they stopped doing it because they couldn't run the marathon. And then it dumped five inches of rain that day. Maybe the Saudis are doing the same thing at Ponte Beach. Regardless, I think it would be very funny if we had that Saudi thing and the crown prince himself, Harold Varner III, king of the Saudi International, gets the Players' Championship trophy, and Jay Monahan, who Harold was going to take that money. Oh, yeah. And Monahan has to hand him the crown jewel of the PGA Tour for a guy who's probably going to leave in a couple of years once they actually get this thing off the ground. So I can see yeah. it. I can see it. Yeah. And, but here's here's my HB three doesn't finish the best. I don't know. Um I mean just look at this you hear the knock on wood? I just want to make sure you heard the knock. Okay. I think if you're betting this though, I think you can take some stats on some guys that are like five hundred, four hundred to see what happens. I mean there's there's not really a whole lot of killers. I think someone's gonna get hot with a putter tomorrow. It's this is scorable. It's oh, the yeah. greens are soft. Oh, there's so gonna be soft, a little bro. bit of there's gonna be a lot a little bit of wind tomorrow, but the fairways are so soft. As long as you keep it in front of you, it's gonna stick. Yeah, you know, 
Sub Air, if they have it on, it's not working. It's still very soft. Bro, it's so uh, soft. I mean, the greens are getting a little quicker, but you can like, like I think on eight, um, Burns, Hoagie, and Varner all stuck it to win like ten feet, and yep. you just see like the ball marks. It just sucks. Yes, dude. The, the, yeah. Listen, you you're standing there. The ball mark it pops forward three feet, and if it doesn't release, it just sits. Like depending on what spin yeah. they want to do on it, like it is. I mean, the divots are like digging your heel into into the fucking mm. into the green. It's insane. yeah. So so I'm not adding anything because I, I got Burger in the mix. Yeah, I got I'm Burns good. in the mix. I got Henley who maybe gets hot tomorrow. I'm not going to add anything, nope. but I think if, if you don't got nothing, I think you take a shot at guys who are like five under, four under, six under. Because I, I don't think Casey Munoz, Varner, Hoagie, Larry, like Burns, like I, they, don't, they don't scare me. What if Hoagie's good? You know, Hoagie is that's he's doing like he had a type of round like this at Pebble. Yeah, his third round was a little shaky, and then he kind of. Got things together. Like he's been, he hasn't been hitting a putt all week. He's missed a lot of stories too. That actually might be your winner right there. But I think his odds are like like no, six to one right now. It's it's not great. So maybe take some sabs tomorrow. There's a lot of golf still. It's gonna be a weird day, and we'll see. So all right, why don't we take another break and then uh, we'll finally get to the bells bar. All right. Well, listen, the D Gen Dance Plus Merch Madness. SGPN is giving away 3K in the Ultimate March Madness Handicapping Contest, the DJ Dance. Start March Madness with 10,000 credits using them to bet on your favorite March Madness bets. And whoever wins the most credits when March Madness ends wins 2,500 bucks and 500 per second exclusively in the SGPN app. Looking for a sweet SGPN hoodie? Every day March Madness games are being played. We'll be giving away a hoodie. Just go to Sports Game podcast.com slash merch madness to enter that sports gambling podcast.com slash merch madness. So I'm just going to go put all 10,000 credits on the first half under of the first yeah, basically. game and then that doubled my money. And now I just keep going. <laughs> I love this. That's, that's too obvious. You should can I, right can I win that? Now. Can I win that money? I think because we're tech. Well, yeah, we're independent contractors. I don't think we can do it. Win. Yeah. All right. Some of the wife, part. My, my wife can win the money then. There you go. All right, let's, let's talk about the Valspar. So there's a lot of things right now in the air. Um, it's actually a good field. Oh, it's a really good field. Yeah, there's a lot of really good names. Like, Hoblin's in the field. Mark Howard's in the field. JT, DJ, uh, Xander's in the field. Um, Burns, Paul Casey. Like, a lot of really good names. Given what has happened and transpired at the players, we might see a couple guys withdraw. Uh, this thing is not going to end until at least five thirty, six o'clock tomorrow. And if it's, we get some little bit of slow play, maybe this thing even bleeds into Tuesday. Tuesday. I think it's going to be Tuesday, bro. Watching how these guys have played. <laughs> That's a disaster. Bro, let me tell you something. You think it's maddening to watch on fucking TV like the good guys? You watch these fucking stiffs out here taking fucking 9,000 practice swings before they hit the fucking ball. Like, lose it. I was having people cracking up in the tent. Like, what? Like, just yelling at these players. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Just hit the fucking ball. Like, it's it's incredibly slow. Incredibly I slow. I think, like, PGA Tour Live has actually kind of, like, put a magnifying glass on that because oh. you're just seeing all those guys. And, like, like it's CBS or, like, NBC. Like, they can edit Cover it up. No, yeah. no shot is really live there. No, never. But on there, you see the pre-shot routine. You see them go back to the caddies, look in the yards. It's like, oh, no. I, I get that. If it goes into Tuesday, that's that's a mess. This yeah. this thing would have a giant. This thing's gonna already gonna have a giant asterisk on it. Oh yeah, that's an asterisk. So all right, so let's. Have, so there's a lot of things in play. Hopefully, a lot of these guys end up coming to Valspar because I I think it's a really good golf course. I love Valspar. Yeah, it, it's it's a very underrated. Uh, solid golf course for a lot of reasons. So why don't we get into it? So um, we're going to go to the Copperhead Golf Course. It's the Inner Innisbrook Resort, Resort, which is about, you know, a little north of Tampa. Um, it was opened in 1970s, got four golf courses on the property, the most famous one being the Copperhead. And uh, all of them were designed by a guy named Larry Packard. And that's not somebody you're really going to instantly recognize if you're a golf architecture, you know, geek or anything. But like, he's got a really remarkable story, and it's not for any golf reasons. I'm going to remind you of that, because I remember telling you last year about this guy, and you really liked his story. So uh, so this guy, basically, 
in the Great Depression, he became just really passionate about agronomy. Maybe he's like a long lost, like, you know, cousin of mine or something, you know, like, and just <laughs> carried down through generations to me. Um, so he's really passionate about agronomy and landscaping. And his first job was he was hired by Westover Field Air Base. I don't know where exactly that is, but they basically wanted him to plant grass along a two mile runway. And he took such precision and care to basically lay down all the sod on this airfield that the U.S. government ended up taking notice. And then they ended up hiring him at all their military bases to basically just do agronomy and yard work. And he had been really influential in coming up with a lot of camouflage techniques, for, and which is really important during World War II, like concealing all the runways yeah. and everything. That's why, that's why highways and, like, certain freeways and, like, how the overpasses are is so we could hide jets. Yeah. So he's a American hero, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. The dude's a man. Yeah. He's great. So after the war, though, he was basically, he didn't have a job. So he had taking, all right, well, I know a lot about, you know, agronomy and stuff. Why don't I take up golf architecture? I think he was like an amateur golfer, too. So he had going under the tutors of a guy named Robert Bruce Harris over the next, like, 50 years or so. And he's built over 350 golf courses. The only one that's really broke through uh, in the mainstream is this one. But it's a really solid golf course. I am posting a video of no laying up. It's basically their crash course uh, 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 feature. It basically shows them just playing a bunch of holes, talking about it. You should definitely go watch the video. Um, so what do you know? Since you say you like this, so I'll just ask, what do you know about this golf course just off memory? So I just – I know it's – it's a. I feel like it's a tough test. You know it's what I mean? Like tough. It's tough. It's, I, I love – as you know, like I, I want a hard golf course. I fucking hate birdie fest. I do. I just I just don't like them. And, uh, it's a course that I want to play that I think I'm actually going to go play in May. Um, yeah, man, it's like, it's iron play. You got to think about it. Like everything you want in a golf course, like you want tough shots. You want somebody to have to think it around. You want somebody who has to hit his irons well and be an all around good player with. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, we'll get to the betting strategies, but. Yeah, spoiler, this is hashtag team no pet ball striking week. So, <laughs> yeah. But one of the other interesting features about this golf course, too, is unlike other Florida golf courses that are just dead flat, there's actually a lot of elevation changes. It's actually pretty hilly. Yeah. Uh, I think a couple of the par fives play uphill, and, like, there's some downhill shots, too. Like, it's not, like, dramatic or anything, but for Florida, Florida. it feels like it. Like so hidden, hidden Hills in Jacksonville. Like if anybody, if anybody's in Jacksonville comes to Jacksonville, Hidden Hills is like the least Florida golf course you could possibly fly. Yeah. So it's very heavily tree lined too. And like you said, it, it plays tough. I think the winning score here has only been over 10 under par twice in the last eight years. Uh, most of those have come when in, it's been in March, which we'll talk about a little bit. There's some difference between last year yep. and this year, which you're going to want to think about. Um, it also utilizes the dog lights very well. Like on most of the holes, you're not going to be able to see the green from the tee. Basically, you got to plot around. You got to hit the correct side of the fairway, depending on where the pin is. You got to make sure you just keep it very uh, straight in front of you. Uh, he does a really nice job, like utilizing the water hazards and the tree lines to kind of obscure the hole, like create some pretty intimidating tee shots. And he also, his signature, which I don't know if he actually invented it, but on all his golf courses, you know, through the 60s and 70s, he created the double dog leg, par mm -hmm. five, which is on full display here. Uh, it's the 14th hole. Basically, it goes out, in and out. Now, you've seen some guys try to cut the corner to some pretty terrible results. Most of them have to actually play it straight. It's a true three-shot par five. And you've seen a couple other, you know, Guys build famous golf courses with the double dog leg. Jack Nicholas is, has a ton of double dog legs on his, on his golf course. Do you think about, uh, at the Honda Classic, the 18th, that's a double dog leg. In Murfield Village, they've got a couple of them concession too. So, and also like Jack Nicholas golf courses, the Copperhead has a very notorious animal themed three hole stretch. <laughs> uh, yep. Which I prefer this one over the Bear Trap. It's the oh, 17th, 18th. It's way better than the Bear Trap. Yeah. The Bear Trap is just good because of the water. If it didn't have that, then it's just, yeah, it's whatever. So the 16th hole, really tough tee shot. So it's a 475 yard dog leg right. Can't see the green, obviously. You have a wall of trees all the way to the left that you absolutely can't hit it. That's, that's kind of a prevailing theme at this golf course where like if you're offline, it's going to rat around the trees. It can go anywhere. You're pretty much just punching out at that point, but you have a huge water hazard all the way down to the right and the fairway narrows the farther you hit it. So, this hole screams left to right fade off the tee. The problem is if you overcook it, it's going in the water. If you hit it too far, it's going to run through the fairway into the rough. Like, you pretty much have to just take less than driver, take your medicine, which sets up a really long approach shot into the green, too. Just a really tough hole. Love it. 
seventeenth hole. That's a two hundred fifteen yard par three. It's it's one of the bigger greens on the golf course, but there's bunkers guarding it everywhere. Um, if it plays firm, it's not an easy green to hit too. Like it's you know coming down the stretch, you don't want to be holding like a three iron, four iron in your hand. You don't have to stick it on the green. So and then the eighteenth hole, another really tough closing hole. It's got uh basically like um. Not church tree bunkers, but it's got a multiple series of bunkers on both sides of the hole going up. Yep. Uh, it plays almost straight away, but then in the last like 30 yards, bends. It, it bends like to the yep. left. Yep. So if you're over on the left bunkers there, you Fox. have to, you're basically either, you know, hitting like, you know, short, the, short right of the green to chip up, or you got to hit a hard hook around it trying to hit the green, which is not going to work there. Um, if you're in the bunkers on the right, it's a little better because you see the angle, but it's really uh, the bunkers aren't very wide, so you gotta get the ball above the lip. Um, if you're in the back bunker, if you go long at this hole, you're pretty much dead. It might go off the green, especially if you're in the bunker. It's just a it's just a tough, like proper closing stretch of holes that is basically going to separate the men from the boys there. So just overall, it's a certain test, like I mentioned. Uh, the winning score has only been uh, more than ten under uh, twice in the last eight, uh, and last year's kind of an asterisk that we'll talk about a little bit. So. You know, it's, it's, even though, like, it's a little bit of a classic design, like, it, I don't think it's, I think it's only gone, undergone one renovation since, uh, it opened, and I think that was in 2015. It still is a stern test. It's gonna force these guys into uncomfortable situations, uncomfortable shots, where they basically, kind of like last week, well, a soft TBC Sawgrass, I should like to play by Pete Dye's rules, but here, like, you kind of just have to take what you got here, so. Um, while we take another break and then we'll talk about betting strategies. All right. Sounds good. Well, listen, spring has sprung and our friends over at Manscaped have the best tools for some of the spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use promo code SGP and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped, they're the global leaders in men below the waist grooming that have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing performance package 4.0. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker ear and nose trimmer. It helps out at my age at this point. A crop preserver, ball deodorant, always good for after a round of golf, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The lawnmower 4.0 is a pube assassin that is waterproof and equipped with an LED light. Uh, so you bet it's a major key in your new shower routine. The Elite Trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. Although your balls might look like punching bags, don't treat them like them uh, and benefit from the proprietary skin-safe technology. Uh, have you ever found someone who finds nose hairs attractive? Of course not. The Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, uh, helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs on those delicate nose and ear holes. And the Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside. Not today. Uh, but listen, this is crucial for your balls to stop sticking to your leg. So you'll also find the Crop Reviver, a spray on toner for your balls, which will help you keep you smelling fresh down there, just like the spring flowers. Complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty. If you purchase now, you'll receive two free gifts, the performance boxers, and a shed travel bag. Smell and feel good this spring. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with promo code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw your old hygiene habits out and upgrade your life. Okay. Let's get back to it. That's my so, first, That's the first time I've ever read that, by the way. Yeah. Great job, by the way. Thanks, buddy. All right. So let's talk about some betting strategies. And before I kind of get to some nuts and bolts, let's talk about what happened last year. So this tournament last year was at the end of April, first week of May. And Way typically different. in March, this is overseeded, kind of like we saw last week. You had the overseeded rye, overseeded with Poet Trivialis and I have a comment to make an overseed, by the way. Apparently, there was an argument on social media last year, last week, that I want to put to bed, regardless. Okay. Because uh, I can't help myself. So, because it was played later in the year last year, 
and it was warmer temperatures. They didn't oversee the fairway, so it was Bermuda fairways. Kind of like what happened at Bay Hill last week where they didn't have to oversee it because the Bermuda was it was warm enough they could handle it. But towards the end of April, early May, some of the Bermuda started emerging from dormancy from in on the greens. Mm-hmm. So even though it was technically quote unquote overseeded, last year's tournament was mostly Bermuda. I think I can't remember find the article, but I remember from last year seeing something that they estimated it was like 70% Bermuda, 30% post. It was basically Bermuda greens. Right. They played differently. And then lo and behold, you had Sam Burns win it, Bermuda Burns. <laughs> um, you also had a, a much easier, it, it wasn't easier, but it was a, it played easier. Like it was 17 under was a winning score. I think they had a little bit of rain too. And I think the, the Bermuda kind of helped with that. So be careful looking at last year. It's a basically a different agronomy that we're used to seeing in March. Now we're going to move back to the typical March setup with overseeded uh, Poet Trivialis Greens, which can I talk about that for a second? Of course. So there was I caught wind because of uh, a message I got from our good buddy Jeff Nagel uh, about that. Apparently there was a divide in the golf gaming community about what is a true overseed green and what isn't because apparently – which I'm aware of, that there was some bank grass in the uh, Tennessee Sargas. <laughs> right. And that some of the overseeded golf courses we were throwing out, like, I, I don't remember exactly which ones, but some of them didn't really apply. So, and Jeff was wondering, is this actually legit? And you know, I said, well, you know, they're true. It's There is some bent characteristics in these greens, but I think one thing some people are missing is what's the percent composition to bank grass and poetry trivialis? Is it 80-20, 50-50? You don't really know unless you're really grimace and set it up. Uh, there's also a lot of different factors based on how things roll with the green, mostly how it's cut, how it's rolled. Um, and just in general, just, I mean, how much, how much, like, do we really want to like drill down on this stuff that it actually matters? <laughs> right. But just to make sure. So I took TBC Scottsdale where they changed the overseeding process from 2014 and 2019. It was the bent overseed with the POA that is TBC Sawgrass. Yeah. And then the last year's has only been the POA Trivialis. So I took that golf course, and it's not the perfect analysis, but I compared. I took guys who had played at least 12 rounds before they changed the overseed process to Scottsdale, took what they did with their average of stir screen putting, and compared to what they did the next year. I took a minimum of 12 rounds, basically, just so, you know, so it's tough. But I didn't want to necessarily look at the number. Like what it was, I was more concerned with like guys who actually went from good positive to negative, negative to positive, and just no change. So I found 69 guys or 67 guys nah. that uh, basically played at least 12 rounds before they changed the overseed. Um, 15 of them went from good to bad, and most of those guys are just complete scrubs. You got your Michael Kims, John Ha, Hunter Mayhan, just guys who just hit the fan. The only ones that really stood out was like Ricky went from good to bad, but he's been struggling with the putter for two years. Uh, John Rahm was one of those guys, but that was mostly because he just was awful on the greens this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really it. Uh, you had, I think, seven guys who went from bad to good where it improved it. And again, like I can explain it with like Jordan Spieth never really put very well in the overseas stuff. And then he went good because he gained a billion strokes last year. And then there was like 42 guys where it basically didn't change. So if you see this week again, like that debate creep up because this is a different type of overseed. Then last week, ignore it. It basically doesn't matter. And you kind of see in these leaderboards, too, there's some Valspar guys, there's some San Antonio guys. Like, overseas, overseed. And the more you kind of yeah. get lost in the weeds and stuff, like, you're not seeing the forest through the trees. Yeah. And it should only be a part of, like, and plus, like, we're, we're arguing about putting, which is the most volatile thing ever. <laughs> so just use your overseeded golf courses like you typically have been doing. There's not much of a difference. The primary purpose of overseed between that and Bermuda is it takes most of the grain out. Yeah. That's really about it. It just rolls a little better. So if maybe it's a little more grainier than it's just true bent, it doesn't make that much of a difference. It's immaterial. Don't stress yourself out about it. Okay. With that out of the way. <laughs> so this golf course is about 7,300 yards long. It's par 71, but there's still four par fives. There's an additional par three on the golf course, too. That's what brings it down to a par 71. It has the fifth lowest average driving distance on the PG Tour. That suggests it's a lesson driver golf course, which makes a lot of sense because 
You don't really want to be rattling around the trees. A lot of the fairways pinch in, so it gives a lot of forced layups. It's not a driver-heavy golf course. Uh, it's also the third most difficult golf course in the PGA Tour off the tee as far as strokes gain. Uh, players on average lose a lot more strokes there off the tee than the average event. Um, <clears throat> there's not as many penalty areas, or, and the rough itself isn't all that penal, but there's all the trees. Like, if you're really offline, it's going to rattle around. There's also a couple of water hazards kind of makes them uh, – um, Drives a little intimidating. Uh, so while there kind of is like a little bit of room for air, like if you miss a fairway, it's not that big of a deal. But if you're way off line in the trees, you're basically punching out. And then let's look at the relative skill set chart for data golf. And this is where I mentioned earlier, this is a, basically a ball string contest, and you can see it right here. So driving accuracy, approach play, and around the green game, like those characteristics of guys are very predictive towards how the leaderboard finally shakes out. Driving distance is a little more random. You see shorter guys, you see longer guys in the in the top ten. That's because guys are clubbing down, doesn't really mean as much. And then putting. You see a ton of guys who are terrible putters. Mm-hmm. Paul Casey won this thing twice. Keegan almost won. Keegan almost won. Jason Kograt, before he finally realized he actually needed to putt, he almost won this event a couple times. Corey Connors has done well here. Like and it doesn't mean that like like I think Patrick Reed almost won this event one year. Like it doesn't mean that like, all right. Bad putters just don't do well. All this chart shows, which I had in my article, is that it's random. You're going to find some good putters in the top ten. You're going to find some bad putters in the top ten. Like, like it, if someone is not a good putter, you can absolutely overcome because you're just a premier ball striker. So you have to have those characteristics this week. Basically, just good, you know, good iron play tee to green. Um, so yeah, like we'll talk about in a little bit after another break about how putting might kind of come into this. But yeah, like this is ball strikers week. That's why I'm kind of saying like there's not really a whole lot to this tournament. Just efficient players tee to green. We'll talk about some guys who finished in the top 10 in strokes gain overall. And there's a very common theme. So why don't we take uh, another break and then we'll uh, finish up the betting strategies. All right. So listen, this never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. And you can win as much as 25K with one entry. If you don't know anything about horses, don't worry about it. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select and to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in our app and we can compare our own staff. So go download the StableDuel app at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle, play, race, and win. And listen, and Prop Swap is where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner, and Prop Swap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on Prop Swap because you're buying directly from betters just like yourself, like Gil from Jersey who purchased the Murray State Championship tickets on PropSwap for 225 to 1, while the sports books are only offering 150 to 1. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high and cash out on PropSwap when the tourney starts. And remember, when making your bets, go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. So go hurry up and download the app today. The PropSwap app has fantastic features like uh, filtered listed tickets so you can find the best value and a free activity feed so you know all the big sales and a loyalty reward program that turns your tickets in ticket sales into extra bonus cash and, of course, a first deposit match up to 500 bucks when you use promo code SGP. Once again, it's promo code SGP. So go, listen, join the real sports bettors on PropSwap. It's where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, let's finish up just some betting strategies. We only got a couple more things to go for. So why don't we look at where they're in their approach shots from because the approach play is going to be very important this week. Um, So last week, it was kind of spread out all across the board. You're in some wet shots, intermediate, long irons. This is mostly long iron play this week with some intermediate with it too. So we're overweight this week on anything over 175 yards for the most part. Anything over 175, 200, 200, 225, 250 plus. Um, 
that makes sense for a lot of reasons. There's four par fives on the golf course. Now, some of them might be three shot holes, uh, but for most of it, you know, you're hitting your pressure up with a 200. Uh, four of the five par threes also play over 200 yards and the last one's 195. That's really what is driving this right now is uh, you have really long par threes. Yep. So that's going to be very important this week. That's definitely something you want to keep in mind. Just And, and it makes sense why really good ball strikers do well here is because the best ball strikers are you, the ones who are bet, the best at 175 or over. It's not a wedge fest. Right. So, yeah, that's what, you know, focus on. I'm going to focus on, you know, like anything over 150, that kind of gives me like mostly like a big like range of everything. A bigger picture. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I, last week I didn't use any proximity stats. I'll be using those this week for mostly intermediate long play. Um, so I mentioned earlier, though, that this is a hashtag team no putt event, but here's the problem. Basically, how you do putting in this tournament really dictates how you do on the leaderboard, which makes sense. So basically what's going to happen is you have your best ball strikers, which is going to be a big pool that everybody's going to pick. And then of that pool, the ones who putt the best are going to be at the top of the leaderboard. You look at the top tens and like all of them gain a ton of strokes you know, on the field with their putting. And you're probably going to have to pick, some, you know, some guys who are just really good putters or really good ball strikers don't, at least in the stats, show very well at putting. Some of them are going to pop, some of them not. So I think how I'm going to kind of handle this is just kind of look at, like, over the last, like, few months, like, have I seen kind of spike putting weeks on a lot of these guys? And then maybe just hope to get lucky that I'm going to catch an up week with them. Yeah. Uh, because, like, you know, if you're – of the guys who are striking the ball really well, they're all going to be up to the top. It's harder for them to kind of separate themselves because they're all really good. It's going to come down to just basically who hits a bunch of putts. So, and then the last thing, here's the top 10 players in the field getting the most strokes per round at Innisbrook. Uh, number one, uh, Halvin's only played one tournament here, but I think he finished like third last year, uh, plus 3.15. Sam Burns, 12 rounds, former winner, plus 2.3. Although a lot of that is from last year. Uh, so maybe that might be a little bit fake uh, because that was mostly Bermuda. But I mean, still... He still had to get around Tee Green. So, he's a good ball. All right. Number three, Abe Answer. Super accurate player. Uh, plus 2.23 over eight rounds. Number four, Matt Kuchar. That's where I'm kind of. Four on the list. Number five, Luke Donald. Again, just precise Luke ball. Donald. Accurate. No, he's won this tournament before, like back in like 2010. Yeah, I was like, yeah, fine. So regardless, that, I'm like, it was just that, funny like, to hear his name. That's all. It was just funny to hear so his like, name. Th- like, I, I think like Abe Answer is kind of like a Luke Donald. Like, okay. like they're oh, short, think, but they just hit oh, a ton of fairways. I think Answer is better than Donald. Donald was the number one player in the world. Oh, I'm, ta- I'm talking about just prototype type of player, like cookie cutter mold. I think they're kind of the same. Oh, all right, fine. All right, number six, Joaquin Neiman has been really good here. 1.4 rounds over eight. Again, excellent ball striker. Seven, Louis Uswiesen. 1.4 per round in the 26th round. Excellent ball striker. Henrik Sense, number eight. 1.3 per round, 22 Uh-oh. rounds. Uh-oh. Excellent gonna, ball striker. We got a top 20 bet coming in on your husband? Well, no, this is where he uh, stuffed you in the locker room. He took Norlander minus 225 over him last year, and that didn't work out very well I'm for you. Very well aware. Number nine, Paul Casey, who's won this twice and has a couple of clunkers, but again, excellent ball striker. And really the only one that kind of doesn't fit in this list, Danny McCarthy, for whatever reason, is 10th on this list. So, so, we, so do we just bet? Casey Burns answer next week and fucking call it a day and move on. Ball strikers. Like, I, I don't think more cows play this event, but he's probably going to win. <laughs> he's the oh, best ball striker the, on the field. The and he's flop lag. You know, like, literally, literally he, cut? literally he is everything I just described to what I'm yeah. looking for. I'm looking for excellent ball strikers who are volatile with the putter against spike weeks. Cal Morikawa. I might just make one bet next week. He's just 10 to one. That's it. You think they're over 10 to 1 after a miscut? Oh, yeah, it's Kyle Morikawa. They don't give him the respect like they do. Dude, think about it. We just got like a 30 on him. Fuck it. What do you, I don't know. Whatever. All right. Well, maybe a couple other guys would draw. Maybe DJ withdraws. Maybe, I don't know, JT withdraws if he wins the players tomorrow. I bet you, I bet you we can get him at 14. Okay. I, I might just, I typically don't bet anybody under 21. I might mm-hmm. make, I do might just bet Morikawa actually. He is literally everything I'm looking for. I don't hate it. All, All right. right. So I got nothing else. Um, do you have any comment about uh, Tom Brady that you uh, want to make? Why the fuck are you doing this, man? Oh, Don't hey, be... can, you get, can, you, can you get closer to the mic? Sorry, I can't really hear sorry, you. sorry. Why the fuck are you doing this? Like, why are you turning into Brett Favre? Why? Like, what is happening? You, and, and, and you're going back to Tampa. You don't like that buffoon Bruce Arians. That's clearly like the case. You, like they franchise tag Godwin. Unfinished business. Tommy, buddy, 
You got nothing left to prove. You already left Bill and won a Super Bowl. I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. I don't want to see him at Tampa. If anything, I want to see him be a mercenary. Like, go to fucking San Fran. Go to Tennessee. All right, got anything else? No, nah, that's it, man. You? No, that's it. Well, we uh, get the Players' Championship finally in bed. And uh, let's move on to Valspar Week. All right. Well, listen, fucking, uh, you guys know where to find Steve. Uh, with all his articles, I always get the Valspar preview out. If it's not out yet, it's coming out soon. It's on sportsgamepodcast.com. You can go ahead and click on that Slack channel. Come in and join us when we break balls and throw bets around. It's a really good place. Uh, other than that, uh, I might go back to TPC tomorrow. You know where to find me. It's uh, boss underscore capper on Twitter. And, uh, if this fucking tournament ever ends, we're going off to the Valspar and we're going to break them fucking books too. Bye.